your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, August 31st, 2021. Your boy Q here, as always. You know you can hit me up on Twitter, or you can hit me up on that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line by Twitter, at your boy Q254, and the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. It is the 31st, last day of the month. We're going to turn the calendar over starting tomorrow. It'll be the first of the month. We'll wake up, wake up, celebrate. It's the first of the month. We'll do it like Bone Thugs and Harmony did back in the day, but that's for tomorrow. We still got today. Uh, got a lot coming up on today's show. Of course, today is the day when the cuts have to be in. The Raiders roster, along with everyone else in the league, has to be down to 53 men. Now, it's not going to just end right there. Once the 53-man roster is set, please believe there's still going to be a ton of moving and shaking, a lot of scouring through the waiver wire, trying to find hidden gems, guys that could help out. I mean, there's going to be a lot of maneuvering going on, so just because you make the 53-man roster, maybe today or this afternoon doesn't mean that you're going to actually be on the 53-man roster by September 13th when the regular season starts when the Baltimore Ravens come to town uh, to take on the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. But uh, again, man, just excited about getting closer and closer to the regular season. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, you got your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a lot of good feedback following Monday's show. Got a lot of feedback still coming off of the game on Sunday. Observations from Raider Nation, what they they're seeing about this team and you know I've been very high on this team and, and how I felt like there's something different about this team and it's just funny how things I don't want to say can change but just how I felt really high on the team and then all of a sudden some glaring holes started to kind of show and, and creep up and rear their ugly head and the Raiders clearly have some holes we talked about it a lot so far the last like week or so here on the podcast but again still feel very positive about the season still know that it's a 17 game season in 18 weeks so it's a lot that can happen and it's going to be a lots of ups and downs it's going to be a roller coaster ride as it is each and every year but still feel pretty good about the talent that the Raiders have on this squad just know that there are some holes that they have and it's been kind of exposed in my opinion the last few weeks but that's why they're putting the 53 man roster together as we speak they're trying to work it all out they're trying to get all the right guys and put them in the right position so your calls and texts are coming up in segment number three segment number two says today is cut down day it's got to happen I'm going to talk about potential surprise cuts today. I mean, there's going to be the cuts that are, yeah, no-brainers, no doubt about it. That kind of saw that one coming. But there's going to be some guys. There's a handful of guys that I have my eye on. And I I honestly don't know if any of these guys are going to get cut. But the ones that I kind of have my eye on are guys that you would look at and say, oh, yeah, that's kind of a surprise cut. Or maybe you wouldn't. Maybe Maybe you're like me and you say, no, I kind of see this one coming. But there's also different reasons why they may not be cuts. A lot of times, salary has a lot to do with it. A lot of times, because of the position and how deep they are, or not deep they are at the position has to do with it as well. So there could be multiple reasons why these guys don't get released, but I got a handful of guys that I kind of have my eye on that uh, could possibly be uh, releases at some point today. And hell, by the time you're listening to this, they might already be released. But that's coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's start with the positive. How about Nate Hobbs, the fifth-round pick out of Illinois, getting some love from Pro Football Focus. They said uh, the highest-graded non-first-round defenders in the NFL preseason, they put out a list of four. Nate Hobbs was number one. 
90.7. That was his grade. That was the highest grade for non-first-round defenders in the league in preseason. Elijah Sullivan, the 49ers linebacker, he was second with 89.9. Jonathan Cooper from the Broncos, edge rusher, 88.6. And Elijah Molden from the Titans, cornerback, 85.7. So four very high grades right there, but Nate Haas was the top of the top, the tip top, 90.7. Graded out, non-first-round defenders in the NFL preseason 2021. A little bit of love right there from Pro Football Focus to cornerback Nate Hobbs. Also, another positive, Denzel Perryman, the linebacker that the Raiders traded for with the Carolina Panthers last week. Uh, according to Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter, he said, per person with knowledge, Denzel Perryman has passed his Raiders physical and will be part of the 53-man roster. And, of course, that's major uh, I know Denzel Perryman's not the guy that I think he's going to just save the day and fix all the issues that they have going on with the linebacking core, but he's a guy that's been there, done that, knows what he's doing when he's out there and he's solid and he's healthy. He is a hell of a player. So the Raiders need that linebacking help in a major way. So this is a good pickup. This is good that he passes physical and he'll be available for the 53-man roster. And again, when healthy, he's a really good pickup. He's a really good player. He's just got to be out there and be healthy. And so the good thing is that he already knows Gus Bradley's scheme, uh, worked in it for a very long time. So he's able to go in there and almost a plug-and-play type situation. So that's also a positive. Denzel Perriman passed his physical is now officially a member of the Silver and Black. I'm sure they'll send out an email at some point uh, making it official like a referee's whistle. And of course, I'll tweet it out just as I always do. But according to Vinny Bonsignor, that's a done deal. Also, Vinny had the nugget on Darren Lee. And uh, if you remember the linebacker that was formerly out of Ohio State, first round pick out of Ohio State, uh, has been on multiple teams so far in his career. Uh, He was released last week. Uh, Vinny put out a tweet that said the Raiders and linebacker Darren Lee have come to an injury settlement. So he is no longer part of the organization at all. Done deal. And That's not a surprise to me. Darren Lee was a guy that uh, when they signed him, I remember I thought, great. I just kind of rolled my eyes because he's never been a good player. I mean, he was a good player at Ohio State, but I've said it multiple times. He was a good player at Ohio State because he was surrounded by so much talent, and it almost made him a little bit better. It almost elevated his game because there was so much stinking talent on that field. He almost couldn't help himself but to be good. He just has not been that guy in the league since he came in. I know the Jets uh, had him as a very high draft pick. He played for the Chiefs for a little while. I mean, he's, he's been around the league and hasn't done a whole lot, in my opinion, so he is no longer with the silver and black. How about this? How about this little nugget that I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast? Former Bronco linebacker Brandon Marshall, and if you remember him, not the wide receiver Brandon Marshall, but the linebacker, uh, Las Vegas native, uh, he was on CBS4 in Denver with Michael Spencer, and he was talking about the pecking order of AFC West. And I know that he played for the Raiders for a quick second. And again, I know he's a Las Vegas native, so I get that. But he really, you know, he buttered his bread with the Broncos. I mean, that's really where he made his name. I was interested to hear the pecking order that he thought the AFC West, how it was going to shake out, and where he had the Broncos, where he had the Raiders. Very interesting stuff here for former Bronco linebacker Brandon Marshall. Check it out. You know, I was actually had this conversation the other day with somebody. I put Chiefs on top, obviously, um, and I'm putting Raiders second. The Raiders? I put the Raiders second. Bro, you've been out in Vegas too long. You've been drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> the Raiders are number two, man. They're number two. Um, and then, you know, I say Broncos three and, and Chargers four. Wow. All right. You know? All right. Yeah. Raiders. I got I to give the Raiders number two, man, because, you know, they played well last year, mm-hmm. you know. And to me, their biggest addition was Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator. I think their biggest Achilles heel was – Paul Gunther as their defensive coordinator. I played 
uh, under Paul Gunther for a training camp and a you know a game, and I just knew this is not it. <laughs> it, it was, he, he wasn't the guy to get it done. And uh, as unfortunate as it, as as it is, it's, it's just true. So. You know, they have a premier defensive coordinator in Gus Bradley, and I think that elevates their team. I think you've been out in Vegas too long, man. That, that yeah. sun, that heat, that desert heat is getting to you, B-Marsh. It's getting to you. <laughs> so there's former Bronco linebacker Brandon Marshall, and again, he played for the Raiders for a cup of coffee. I mean, training camp in a game, like you heard him mention right there. And I didn't play it because he just said the Raiders were going to come in second, or he thought they were going to come in second. I played that because of the explanation that he had, talking about Paul Gunther and talking about Gus Bradley as a premier defensive coordinator did you hear that he said a premier defensive coordinator I think that that's a big deal he's giving him that kind of respect and a lot of times when you see former players especially guys that got cut and thought that they were better uh, you know than they than they were or shouldn't have been cut you hear them kind of spew some venom towards the towards the team but he didn't he said hey they were good their Achilles Hill was Paul Gunther the defensive coordinator just did not get it done he knew it wasn't it when he was there and he's given Gus Bradley that kind of credit. So I, I thought that that was important. I thought that was good to bring it to the table because, again, he played under the, the scheme of uh, Paul Gunther. So he knows what it was about and, more importantly, what it wasn't about. So I found that to be uh, pretty interesting right there. And my final little nugget I have for you, uh, Raider practice media availability this week is really strange. They had none on Monday. They have none today. The next time that they're actually going to have availability is tomorrow, which is Wednesday. And then they're going to have it on Thursday, none on Friday, none on Saturday, and then back at Monday. So two days this week, media availability. But on Wednesday, uh, 11 a.m. to 1130, that's when the media can be there, uh, take some pictures. It's only during the stretching and individual periods only. Then at 1230, there'll be select coaches and players available uh, in the meeting room uh, at Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So, I mean, that's the bare bones of it. Again, it's in the regular season schedule now, uh, two days this week is all they have for media availability. So you're not going to get a whole lot this week from from the Silver and Black, from Gr- Coach Gruden and players. But uh, what, what we can bring to you, we'll definitely bring to you. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Little news and notes of the day coming up in segment number two. Potential surprise cuts that could be rolling out. Could be rolling out right now. Could be rolling out later on this afternoon. They've got to have it down. 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Got to have it down officially to 53-man roster. Before I get into segment number two, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. And you, of course, with it being that time of year again, talking about football season, man. All eyes are on pro and college football all season long. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Again, right now at betonline.ag. All you got to do is head to the website using your mobile device or your laptop. You sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Yeah, a 100% welcome bonus all you got to do is use the promo code Locked On. It's that simple. Make sure you take advantage of their opening day super promo. You can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, which is the first day of the regular season. Uh, the Super Bowl champ, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Football baseball, boxing, UFC, horse racing. It doesn't matter. Everything they've got covered. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 NFL season and sports seasons in general. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about cut day. Today is officially the day. Got to have the 53-man roster in place by 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and then you'd go after that. After you get all the 53 guys that you want and guys feel good about making the, the roster, doesn't mean that they're going to stick there all the way through to the beginning of the regular season, which is September 13th, because there's going to be so many cuts, so many waves, so many guys being released uh, across the league that there may be a guy that the Raiders were intrigued by uh, looking in the uh, you know in the draft process and say, hey, that guy's out there available. Let's go bring that guy in. So just because you survived this round of cuts doesn't mean that you're automatically on the team. Now, there's some guys, and you know when I talk about cuts and guys who made the squad, like on, on Monday on Raider Nation Radio 920, I was talking about guys who made it and guys who didn't. And you know people were calling in and talking about, oh, Nate Hobbs is going to make the roster. Yeah, no doubt. Nate Hobbs has made the roster in a major way. Most likely, he's going to be a starter on uh, September 13th, that Monday Night Football game. More likely, he's going to be a starter. I see people talk about Trayvon Merrick made the roster. Well, no doubt. He's a second-round draft pick. He better make the roster. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about guys like that. I'm talking about guys that really had to compete to fight for roster spots. And I know a fifth-round pick automatically is not going to make the roster, but there's a good shot that he's going to, you know. And so with Nate Hobbs, yeah, that, that's no doubt about it. So uh, those aren't really the guys that I was looking for on Monday. I was looking for the guys that were kind of the, the sleepers, or the ones that you knew had to fight and claw and scratch and bleed to get that roster spot. Those are the guys I was talking about. So I'm not going to talk about obvious cuts here either. You know, I, I can go through and say, oh, well, this guy's going to get cut. Well, yeah, no doubt. He's like a fourth string offensive lineman, fourth string guard that's just been brought in for reps. You know, I mean, uh, that's... I would be wasting your time, and I don't want to do that. I want to go with cuts that could be potentially surprise cuts. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. This is all gut feeling. This has nothing to do with anything I've heard, nothing I've seen, except for the, the, the games and, and training camp. That's all. From what I've seen in practice and what I've seen in the games, and that's how I've come up with what I'm going to come up with here in segment number two. So the first guy I'm going to talk about, and really this is uh, you know how they have on the depth chart, they have one guy or another guy. This is my first one. It's just an or. Wide receiver John Brown or wide receiver Willie Sneed. And honestly, I don't know which one. I, I could see, make a case for both of them because neither one of them did anything in, in preseason. And really what I saw in training camp, it wasn't that impressive either. Of course, it's hard to go by preseason because you didn't see these guys a lot. John Brown played in that preseason game number three up in Santa Clara. Uh, Willie Sneed, you know, he was out there dressed, but he didn't play. So... I look at both of those guys, and I can make a case for both of them being released, but wide receiver Willie Sneed, most likely, based off what he's making, his contract, is probably the guy that's going to get released. $850,000 guaranteed, 987000 dead cap money, and that's it. Opposed to John Brown, who got $3.2 million guaranteed and $3.2 million in dead cap money. So if you're going off the money, and I hate to do that because it shouldn't be that. It should be you know based off of just what you look like on film what you could contribute to the team, not based off what your salary is, but we know that's not reality. We know that that's not reality at all. So John Brown makes a lot more and guaranteed money uh, that he's already received. It'll be a $3.2 million day cap. So if I'm looking at it from that standpoint, Willie Sneed's probably the guy that's going to be out. So I'll say that Willie Sneed's going to be out. And while I'm talking about the wide receiver position, a couple guys that could be in the mix – could be practice squad players, and I touched on it briefly on Monday, DJ Turner or Dylan Stoner. I like to use the or here. I talked about potential cuts, John Brown or Willie Sneed, uh, potential guys that make the roster or the practice squad, DJ Turner or Dylan Stoner. Those two guys I look at, they probably could both be potentially practice squad dudes, but 
There may be one, and I think that if there is one, I would probably say it's DJ Turner because I think he has a little bit more uh, return ability in, in the kick game, punt return and kick return. I think he's a little bit better in that than Dylan Stoner, so I would go with DJ Turner if one of those guys was going to make the 53, but wouldn't be shocked to see both of them end up on the practice squad. Now, getting back to potential surprise cuts today, and I'm, this is one I did mention on the radio on Monday on Raider Nation Radio 920, defensive end Carl Nassib. I wouldn't be surprised if he was to get released. And the thing about him, it goes back to money again. He's got $9.2 million in dead cap money if he gets released, Four point six dead cap money in 2022. So based off the money, he most likely is not going to get released. And I know that Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, he wants to have waves of guys uh, on the defensive line get after the quarterback. So I could see Carl Nassib being, uh, you know, a piece of depth, being a guy that can come in there, uh, you know, and, and get some reps in uh, when a guy like uh, Unique Ngakwe or Max Crosby needs a breather or two. I could totally see that. But just based off what I've seen in practice and what I've seen in the games, I, I just haven't seen a whole lot from him. So I, I, I could totally see a situation where he was on the outside looking in. But again, Again, you got to go back to all the almighty dollar and the almighty dollar probably wins out here. Nine point two million dollars in dead money is a lot of money. Four point six million dollars in dead cap money in 2022 is a lot of money. It really is. So uh, he probably ends up staying because of that. But just based off of ability and based off of what I've seen, uh, again, the biggest thing that stands out to me about Carl Nassib to me in training camp, he just looks slow. He just looks slower. You know, he doesn't look like he's just, like I see Max Crosby and he's fast. And Unique Ngakwe, he's fast. They just got, they got speed. You know, it just, it's, it's pretty impressive. But Carl Nassib just kind of looks like he's going just a little bit slower, a couple ticks behind. And we all know, man, if you're a little slow in the NFL, you're going to get left behind. So I just, I don't know. I'm just not overly impressed. It has nothing to do with anything else. Nothing, you know, trying to be politically correct and all that other BS. It has nothing to do with that. It's just from what my observations are, really from training camp. Another guy that I look at and I think that he's good is gone, and I mentioned this on Monday's show as well, Isaiah Johnson, cornerback out of Houston. Uh, I just don't think that his availability is going to allow him to stick around. I think he's had a moment here or there where you say, man, this guy could probably play the position. He probably could be good. He has that length that Gus Bradley's looking for. I just don't see it. I just, I just don't see it because of his availability. He's just not there. It's just not available all the time, and that's a big deal. you know. And, and then you have a guy like Amik Robertson who's really stepped up, talked about him at great length on Monday's show on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, talked about him, man. He's really shown that even after losing some confidence, he could bounce back and really be out there playing really well. I just don't see that from Isaiah Johnson. I see him panic when the ball's headed his direction and when the wide receiver's eyes get really big, instead of turning back and looking for the ball, uh, he like on Sunday, he ran through the wide receiver, got called for two, uh, two pass interference penalties, just running right through the wide receiver. I, I don't, you just can't cut it. You just, I mean, there's no other way to put it. You can't cut it if that's how you're going to be in the NFL. And I just don't think that, I don't think he's got the confidence. I just don't think that the skill set is there right now. So I think Isaiah Johnson's definitely on the outside looking in. Uh, Jalen Richard mentioned him a few times. I don't think he gets cut. I think he gets placed on IR. He may eventually get released, but I think he's placed on IR because he has that foot injury, and so they're not going to just go out and release him right now unless they give him an injury settlement. So he'll be one of those that you kind of pay attention to. I think that's what you'll see from Jalen Richard later on this afternoon is him put on IR. Nevin Lawson, defensive back. Nevin Lawson, a guy that a lot of Raider Nation is ready to just say, hey, get on down the road, man. Don't ever turn back. Don't ever come back to Allegiant Stadium. Don't ever go back to the, the Henderson facilities. Uh, your services are no longer wanted. He suspended the first two games because of performance-enhancing drugs. I don't think that they cut him. 
I really don't. And I know nobody wants to hear that in Raider Nation. Everyone has been waiting to see the, the tweet that says Nevin Lawson has been released. And maybe he does. Maybe he gets released. But I think that since he suspended the first two games uh, and he's not going to cost a roster spot at all, I think that you know they're going to hold on to him, at least for now, at least as they go through the 53-man roster and see what they have. And at the end of the day, if they say, hey, you know what, we've got enough quality guys here, we were able to keep enough guys here that are, are, are quality players, then we can let him go. But I think that they, they keep him at least for the first two weeks uh, while he's suspended. I just, again, that's just my, my gut feeling. As far as other surprise cuts, that's really all I got. That's really all I got. I mean, I think Trey Regis is going to make the roster. I think B.J. Emmons is going to get cut. I don't think he has the ability to, to block or he's not up to speed on blocking yet. But I don't think that's a surprise cut. You know, I mean, you know that both those uh, running backs weren't going to make it. And I think Trey Regis, he proved his uh, his worth already. Uh, and then there's one interesting nugget that I have, and I don't have a name for you at all. But Vinny's been hinting at he thinks that that there's going to be an offensive lineman that's going to be released. And I kind of find that hard to believe only because there's not a lot of depth along that offensive line right now anyway. So unless they have a plan to go out and get somebody or unless they're going to make a trade to bring someone in, which is always potentially possible – I, I wouldn't be cutting anyone on that offensive line right now. You need as many healthy bodies as possible because I've, what I've seen from the backups is not great, but you got to have somebody. You got to have somebody at least for now, you know, but if they're going to go out there and make a big time trade, then yeah, then maybe there's an offensive lineman that's released, uh, but they've got to go and make that trade. And from what I've been hearing is that if they do make a trade for an offensive lineman, it'll be a, it won't be no starter. It'll just be a guy that's, you know, a quality backup and that's okay. Because they need as many quality backups. I mean, Richie Incognito, again, he's 38 years old coming off an Achilles injury and right now has a boot on his on his foot. So <laughs> that kind of lets you know, dealing with that calf injury, kind of lets you know where he's at. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, he looks the part. You know, uh, Colton Miller, he looks the part. Andre James, he looks the part. Uh, you know, Denzel Good, he actually looks banged up. What I've been seeing from him in training camp, he's been looking banged up. Looks like he's got something going on with his lower leg. Maybe it's a groin. I don't, actually, I think it is a groin because that's what he was dealing with earlier in training camp. So I think, yeah, it's a groin that he, it's just not right yet. Uh, the last couple times I saw him out at practice, he just didn't look like he had it all and he was feeling 100%. So that's something to pay attention to. Could John Simpson, the former fourth-round pick out of Clemson, could he jump up and steal that spot? Maybe a guy like Denzel Good gets released. I doubt it. I highly doubt it because, again, he's very versatile. He proved that in 2020 when they had him playing multiple positions. He's just not 100% healthy right now. So, uh, again, it's something to monitor. I, I would Now, you want to talk about one of those, oh, my God, I can't believe moments. If Denzel Good was to be released, that would be mine. Oh, my God. There's always one, at least one. The Raiders will have one. We'll be talking about it tomorrow like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And then we'll have to talk about the explanation or, or wonder what the explanation is behind it. But they'll have one. They'll have one that, that – you never saw it coming, or maybe you did, but I didn't see it coming. So we'll be talking about it on tomorrow's show. If you got a guy that you think is going to be a surprise cut, let me know about it. 707-654-4693. Of course, that's the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. Your calls and texts are coming up in segment number three. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here of the show, and the first one is rockauto.com. Been telling you about rockauto.com for a long time. First of all, they're a family business. They've been serving auto, auto part customers online for over 20 years. So you know that they've, they're reliable. They're, they're legit. <laughs> Most importantly, they're legit. You're not in, the, in business for over 20 years if you're not legit. But on top of that, they're going to save you a whole lot of money. 
you can go down to a chain store, you can go down to the car dealership and get a part, and you can spend just a boatload of money. Or you can go to rockauto.com and save 30%, 50%. Sometimes 100% you can save at rockauto.com. So there's no reason to shop for auto parts anywhere else but your one-stop shop, rockauto.com. Most importantly, the, the parts are delivered right to your door. Not to worry about anything. It comes directly to your door, quick, fast, and in a hurry. You're ready to go. Be out there in the garage fixing up the car uh, is, is just ASAP. And that's exactly what you want to do. RockAuto.com. The only thing I ask you to do for me while you're there, just in the box, it said, how'd you hear about us, right? Locked On Raiders Podcast. And they know I sent you, and I'm doing my job, and they're happy. <laughs> great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is at one spot, and that is RockAuto.com. I also want to tell you about DirecTV. DirecTV streams, right? Because you know, and I've done this so many times, I'm sure you have too. Uh, you got one device that, you know, you watch the game live on. You got another device that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You got your neighbor's best friend log in for the good stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we've all been there, done that, right? Well, I can tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. You can get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. DirecTV Stream. Get it now. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Jimmy S. Calling out or texting out at Houston. Q. I know depth on the offensive line and especially tackles a concern. Why not kick the tires on Tyrell Crosby? I'm hoping we take a shot at him before it's too late. Thoughts? Again, that's from Jimmy S. in Houston. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I was just talking about the offensive line in segment number two, and you're absolutely right. That is a concern. Tyrell Crosby, the man you're talking about, he was released by the Lions. Uh, he was a fifth-round pick in 2018, and the word on him is his athleticism is what they're calling above average. And uh, the write-up on the release, when Crosby was released, they said uh, one of the annual guarantees in the NFL is that new coaches and GMs are content in releasing good players because they have no connection to them. Crosby's the latest example of said phenomenon. Crosby logged more than 1,100 regular season snaps in his NFL career, uh, the majority of which have come at right tackle, the others at left tackle. So right there, I mean, it lets you know he's got the experience that you're looking for, especially for a tackle. And if you're only going to use him for depth, you're going to have him there uh, in case of emergency, in case you need a guy for that left tackle spot or that right tackle spot. Yeah, I could definitely see uh, kicking the, the tires on him and seeing what he's got, but they've got to do it, and they've got to do it fast. But I do think, Jimmy, that you're onto something. Tyrell Crosby would be a good guy to, again, at least address and see what he's got. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up is a call from Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about what concerns him about the current roster. And really, he might need a little bit of help to get talked off the ledge. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? It's Jordan Oregon calling in here, buddy. I uh, just wanted to hit you up, man. I, I hope hope a little bit of Raider Nation yourself can maybe kind of talk me off this cliff I've, I've found myself on. But I got to agree with you, Q. Um, that old line death as me, and you know, just 
just about as worried more about that than anything on our team right now. And I got to be honest with you, Q, that that overall vibe I'm getting right now is very similar to to a, a, a point last year. I felt the same way. It's actually about a year ago to the date you had a podcast right after they trimmed the 53 to the 53 that we talked that you talked about cutting uh, ties with some of the vets like Prince and Mukamara. Um, I believe there's a couple others actually on the, the back end as well. I, I won't get into too much detail, but you brought up a lot of valid points. Uh, you were concerned about a year ago from right now about the, the, Youth, they were putting all the trust into Arnett and Mullins, and you thought that that was a bit much. And Amik, um, and some of the rookies last year, you just felt like that was too much. I kind of have that feeling with this O-line, is we have that Rams practice, and I feel like the, the coaching staff's just putting a lot of stake on how that went. And I've dug and dug and tried to research as much as I could on how our O-line shaped up in those practices, but other than that, I mean, we haven't really had that continuity together, and we're really just, I feel like this coaching staff is putting all their chips on the table that this O-line is going to work out, and we don't need them to be top 10, but they're going to be, I mean, even last year, if they could just even come close to the middle of the pack, I think this coaching staff thinks that's where they're going to be. But the problem I have is with – the 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 depth we just don't have it and as we know Raider fans know our O line continuously since Gruden's been here and I should probably go back and look at his first tenure but there's always injuries on that O line we run the ball a ton I mean it could have something to do with that they just ask a lot of these big fellows and I mean a guy like Richie or something you know these dudes but some of these guys. They can't even make it through uh, training camp, let alone – I doubt they're going to make it through the grind of the first month of the season. And we start losing a couple of linemen, we're, we're screwed. But anyway, Q, I hope that they can go out and grab some guys with this waiver. Maybe you could give me some good news on this. Have a great week. Peace out, man. There he goes, Jordan in Oregon. Very valid point. Again, going back to even what uh, Jimmy S. out of Houston was saying, O-line, it's got to be a concern. You know, and the thing about the offensive line, you really don't know until later on in the season what they have. You know what I mean? I mean, because you have to have a cohesive unit. You have to have reps together. And I know someone's going to say, well, that's why they should have been having reps in training camp. That's why they should have had reps in the preseason. And, yeah, you can get some reps in there, but you've got to get – I mean, it's going to take some snaps, uh, quality snaps. I mean, it's going to take, you know, a good handful of games before you really see if they could be one cohesive unit. And that's if they all stay healthy. So, yeah, uh, it's it's a very valid point, man. That offensive line, you know, you're really going to know about this Raiders roster depending on what that O-line is able to do and if Tom Cable is able to to get them as one cohesive unit. One of the hardest jobs in football is to get that offensive line all on the same page. And they have three new guys along that O-line. And if anyone goes down, then all of a sudden you're basically starting over again. So uh, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to uh, make it sound like the sky is falling, but it's definitely a concern. And something's got to be done, and they've got to be able to, uh, you know, to, to make things happen. So we'll see. We'll see exactly what they do. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Quick in Iowa. It says, yo, Q, this is Quick from Iowa. I'm hoping I'm right on this one. 
We haven't shown much this preseason on defense, but with Gus and the gut cover three scheme, one thing to bring to the front is that the basics are safeties are in the box and more zone is played. The flats become the weakness in defending against any mobile quarterback if they go deep. Not showing much is not the concern during preseason as much as winning against AFC contenders. Our linebackers will be pressured versus Lamar Jackson. Let's get this win. Raiders for life. That's real quick in Iowa and basically saying that they didn't show much in preseason by design. And that's fine. I'm with you on that. I Hey, I get that. I mean, that's what they did offensively as well, you know, especially not having any starters out there. They, they really had a very vanilla and dumbed-down scheme both offensively and defensively. But I just I, I think that it's going to be a concern when you have a, a guy that you're not going to face every week in Lamar Jackson. You prepare for quarterbacks that are pocket passers. This guy is all over the field. If you get him to throw the rock, especially if he's throwing and it's not to the tight end, then that's a victory. That gives you an opportunity to go make a play. And I think the Raiders have DBs that can make plays. I believe in Nate Hobbs. I believe in Amik Robertson. I believe in Trayvon Mullen. I believe in, uh, you know, uh, uh, Trayvon Merrick. I believe those guys could all make plays if Lamar Jackson's trying to throw the ball around the yard. I just don't know how much he's going to throw it as opposed to trying to run around and make plays happen that way. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, good stuff. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate it, my man. Next up, got a call from Raider Dot. He's calling out the 510, calling to speak on what he heard from John Gruden on uh, or after Sunday's game, that post-game media session. Uh, he had to stop the podcast and call. Here he is, Raider Dot, calling out the 510. What's going on, Q? It's Raider Dot calling in. I was listening to Monday's episode right now, and I had to pause it. Um, I'm listening to Gruden, the um, Gruden interview, his comments after the game. And basically what he said was, based off OTAs and training camp, he's fine with, with what we got. And that's why he didn't play anyone. And he justified, he tried to justify it by saying, if we rolled our starters out there and a couple of them got hurt, that there would be some different questions being asked post game, which is true. But that doesn't justify the fact that you're not playing your starters. You feel me? Um, so once again, if we come out flat to start the season, it's on Gruden on, on both sides of the ball. If we come out flat because he thought we were good in OTAs and training camp, it's on Gruden. And if we come out flat and we don't play up to our potential this year, then I feel like he should be on the hot seat. Like he, he's making his own bed. And I don't want to hear excuses after the fact when we all see that none of our starters play. So once again, it's you're, he's obviously comfortable with where they are, but they're based off of OTAs and training camp. I don't know, Q. But anywho, if we don't play up to our potential this year, and or if we um, come out flat, it's on Gruden, and he should be on the hot seat. Period. Gruden should most definitely be on the hot seat if that's the outcome. There he goes. Raider died out the 510 talking about John Gruden making the decision not to play players in the preseason. And you're right. It's 100% on Gruden. He made the decision not to play the players. He didn't want to risk injury. He decided and dedicated himself to my guys are going to get to the season healthy. And that's just what it's going to be. So yeah, that's 100% on him. That's his decision. Now, now just put yourself in a, in a just kind of step away from the situation. Put yourself in a neutral standpoint and just listen to this as well. What if he decided to play his starters a couple times and a guy went down? A guy got hurt, even if it's only for a few weeks. 
That was also his decision to play him. And then I'd also be on him 100%. If a guy got injured, then he'd be responsible for a big time player, uh, you know, missing time in the regular season when they need him the most. So again, it's, I've been saying it so much and it's, it's either one of the, it's either one way or the other, either you're totally hundred percent against what Gruden did or you get it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's you, there's no, there, I don't, I feel like there's no middle ground. Like I, I get it. I get why he did it. And I get why you're saying that he should have played starters and both reasons are valid. You just have to pick a decision that you want to roll with. And you clearly want to roll with, you know, John Gruden made a mistake and it's on him. If they get off to a slow start, that's fine. That's valid. And others are going to say, hey, you know what? I don't want to see a J.K. Dobbins situation. I don't want to see a Trey uh, Lance situation where he, he uh, has a messed up finger now uh, because of whatever he did on, on Sunday's game against the Raiders. I mean, other injuries have happened. So, again, it's, it's just like that fine line uh, where really you can't – there's not really the right – there's not a right call. There's not one decision that's a right call. It's just you have to feel it out for your team. And that's why – being the head coach, being in charge like that is more than just X's and O's. It's also about personnel decisions. It's about so many other things that you have to go ahead and deal with. And, and like you said, either way, it don't matter which way he had picked and what he had done, it was always going to be on him regardless. That's, that's the main point of what I'm trying to say. So thank you for that call, man. I do appreciate you, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. Uh, final text for the show comes from Reggie Ridge out of Pomona. Say, what's up, Q? Nation, Reggie Ridge from Pomona, again with my take after all that's transpired this offseason. The additions of the defensive staff, along with a new sense of team confidence and camaraderie ship, if that's even a word, and that's what he said. <laughs> Guys being held accountable, and I'm not mad. Hey, you can make up words all the time. That's cool. I like that. Guys being held accountable by coaches, but most importantly by their teammates. We have a lot of new and improved guys waiting to take off on both sides of the ball. McCoy and Perriman are sneaky good late pickups, and I'm taking Gruden's word that Perriman is an alpha via Gus Bradley. The five key additions to the D of Ngakwe, Phylon, Hayward, Hobbs, and Merrick give me real confidence, not hope. I've heard you say a couple times that 12 gets you in. I believe 10 gets you in with the parity in the AFC, and 11 is a lock, which is where I predict the Raiders will be, 11-6, and six, hosting the wild card. Man, we got something this year. Finally, it's our time. All right, Q, keep doing you. That's from uh, Reggie Reg in Pomona. Uh, he had a little bit of emojis in there, a couple pictures in there, a little pirate flag, a strong arm emoji, a football emoji, a peace out emoji. I mean, he's he's got his uh, text game on point. So thank you so much for that, Reggie. And and look, uh, ten might get you in. I don't know, man. It, it to me, I mean, ten didn't get Miami in last year in a sixteen game season. I realize it's a seventeen game season this year, but uh, I would I would kind of find it hard to believe that ten's going to get you in this year, but. If that's the case, cool. And if 11 gets you in and there's a lock, even better. Uh, I just think that the Raiders need to aim for 12. I really do. I believe that 12 is the number that they got to aim for. Uh, as far as those additions that you talked about on defense, uh, Unique Ngakwe, Darius Phylon, Casey Hayward, Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Merrick, those are all really good players. They really are. And I, I do believe that they're going to do some good things, just like Gerald McCoy and uh, even Denzel Perryman have a potential of going out there and playing really well. I'm just worried about the player. Not worried. That's the wrong word. I'm concerned with the players behind them. Do they have the depth to be able to fill in or go in in a pinch if need be and, uh, you know, not really lose too much talent? That's where I'm struggling with. So that's that's where it's really going to be a testament to what this team is made up of. And, and that's kind of the teams that you see at the end standing are the ones that have the deeper rosters, the ones where you can go, you know, two or three defensive tackles deep and feel good about it. You can go a couple offensive linemen deep and feel good about it. You can put a couple corners out there deep and feel confident. I don't know if the Raiders are there yet. Uh, I'm hoping that they are. You know, I really am. And, and honestly, I'm hoping they get a little lucky as well. 
Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And, and I think that to get through where you need to get and, and make that run in the playoffs, sometimes you got to have a little lady luck on your side as well. So uh, good stuff, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And that's all I got for today's show. Uh, we'll be talking about cuts tomorrow, of course, as the Raiders got to have their 53-man roster solidified by 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So we'll be talking about who cut, who got cut, who was a surprise cut, and who's on the roster that you're scratching your head wondering why because there's always one of those as well. We'll have more calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line and, of course, news and notes of the day. So that's all coming up on tomorrow's show. Until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, take care of your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.